0: Shalom, guys, and welcome back to Submission is Her Posture. It has been a minute since I have uploaded a video for you all. I've been a busy woman, but not too busy to stop and to share with you all some of the personal notes that I took in the chapter of Shishu. So if you've had the opportunity to go through the Submission Is Her Posture channel, then you'll know that over the last um, year or so, I have been doing um, book discussions of the different chapters within the book so that I can give a little insight and a little feedback on My thoughts, as well as some of the thoughts that came from some of the other sisters when we did our book club for the submission, is her posture book. So this evening we're gonna jump into the chapter. She should, she shub, shub, shub. And if you have your book, it is uh, page ninety four. And if you've watched any of the other videos, then you will know that um, sometimes I do read verbatim um, certain things from the book. But then most of the time you will hear me doing commentary. So it kind of just depends on how things flow. So she should. um, The scripture was Acts 2 38 and it reads Kepha said to them, repent and let each one of you be immersed in the name of Yahusha. Messiah for the forgiveness of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Set-apart Ruach. Now, if you're new to our channel, then you um, are in for a treat. And I also kind of just want to give a little disclaimer that in the book discussion as well as in the book, if you have purchased your book and gotten the opportunity to read through it, you'll know that we use a lot of the original Hebrew language. So don't be discouraged in reading our book if you have not had an opportunity to learn the Hebraic language, because in the back of our book, we do have a dictionary that uh goes over each hebrew word that we use in the book um and it'll help you get an understanding so um let's go ahead let's jump right in so here we go to repent is a word that has been misunderstood for decades now Growing up in church, I've always had the understanding that when you acknowledge that you have done something wrong, you were supposed to talk to Allahim and confess it. Once you confess it, then you ask him for forgiveness and all is well from this point. Now, growing up in church, that was kind of the basis. And for even for some people who, you know, didn't go to church, the basis of, uh, repenting for doing something would be i done something wrong I acknowledge that I did something wrong and now I need to go to God and ask for forgiveness um, and usually that's the process so we go and we ask for forgiveness we get our forgiveness and then you know we go on however understanding this word hebraically and I may be jumping ahead of myself but understanding this word hebraically it literally means to turn from or to turn back to and so, when we acknowledge that we have done something wrong in the eyes of the Father and we go to Him to repent, what we're saying is that I acknowledge that the era of my ways are wrong and I want to get things right. So, let's just say our era is fornication. We've lived a lifestyle of fornication, and every time we did it, we felt extremely horrible and we finally came to this point where he was like you know what i need to freak i need to repent of this thing worldly a worldly understanding or a english understanding of the word um repent would be i messed up last night i'm so sorry for what i did let me repent let me go to the father confess my sin and ask for forgiveness And the next thing you know, a person finds themselves back at this same point. That's having an English understanding of what the word repentance means. But when you understand it from its original context, which is the Hebrew, that you understand that when that person goes to repent of fornication as a whole, it's saying that I have acknowledged that fornication is wrong, I wanna repent. So you've acknowledged it, you've confessed it before the Father, and you're saying that you want to repent. The Hebraic understanding of that meaning you no longer fornicate anymore. It's not this concept of every time I do it, I just say I'm sorry. But it's the understanding of acknowledging that you've done it, acknowledge that it's wrong, confessing it with your mouth that it's wrong, and then making a conscious decision to no longer do it again. So I kinda wanna just take my time and walk us through this because sometimes we can be reading a really good book and still miss some good details. So I wanted to take a few minutes to kinda break down what repentance meant from a Hebraic understanding so that as we proceed forward in this chapter, we can really get some of the meat. Once you confess it, then you ask the most high for forgiveness and all is well at this point so we read that if it were something that happened between another person and you then you would apologize to that person and clear the air then you would talk to the most high asking for forgiveness so this is still just kind of um, glancing over how one sees repentance or asking for forgiveness um, from an english perspective And the book says that this is worldly sorrow, which is not the same as godly repentance. So when someone, whether they be in the church or in the world, because they still have an English perspective, uses this word repentance or forgiveness, it's for the moment. But when you have godly repentance, let's see what the book says. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't clear things up or perhaps someone that may have have um, something against you or you against them. But what I am saying is that this method does not dismantle the underlying root cause. So let's say that you have somebody who's always doing something to you. They aggravate you, whatever they do, they make you angry, they make you upset. And then after they do it, they come back and they say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it's like, In your head, you're like, well, how many times are you going to be sorry for, you know, making me angry or making me doing things that make me upset? That person needs to address what's the underlying factor that's causing them to continue to sin. And later on in this chapter, I believe we're going to talk about it. So I'm not going to jump ahead of myself. Worldly sorrow keeps you in constant reminder of what you did or said leading to regret guilt shame and bondage so somebody may say I'm sorry about something but what they did or what they said is still in the back of their mind they're replaying it over and over and over again the pattern of such behavior mentioned in the previous chapter repeats itself because one does not have revelation of what's causing it and so in the last chapter before this one we talked about um how dysfunction happens over and over and over again and even in the midst of dysfunction somebody can apologize they can repent of something but their actions continue somewhere later on down the road and so we must keep this in mind that in order for someone to properly function they must get the root cause of what's causing them to do things that are wrong and until they come to that point their wrongness if you will will lay dormant so they'll go through a period of time where they may be doing things right but the moment that thing that is hidden within them rises up it's strengthened it's awakening um it comes alive it's no longer laying dormant, then they're going to sin again, if you will. They're going to continue to act in dysfunction until something happens. And usually a person checks this something when there are consequences. So when consequences appear, then a person goes into repent mode or into forgiveness mode. But as long as the consequences aren't there, this thing that's hitting is fueling them to continue in this dysfunction. And so, it is our goal in understanding about repentance when we want to return back to the Most High as our Ish, our husband, we want to be the wife, the bride, the Isha of the Most High. Is that when we've made that conscious decision that we want to return to Him, we want to repent? We want forgiveness. We have to understand that we're moving from a place of dysfunction, meaning continue to do things that make him upset to a place of functionality, walking in his will and his desires. Um, Another note that I put here. Never mind, let's keep going. Next page. And I kind of just touched on this, so I won't read that over. The root of every unholy act is rejection. Rejection produces captivity of the mind, which leads to captivity of the body, sin, thriving, sickness, and infirmity. And I asked the question, why is rejection? so powerful we won't talk about it tonight but that's a question that i want to place on the table for us all to think about because rejection has a stronghold on an individual and it will sway a person in any direction it feels the bible tells us that hashatan is behind sin when he influenced one to turn from that which is this which is set apart unto unrighteousness he has them so I said I wasn't going to talk about it but right here we see why rejection is so strong it is a spirit itself and it is the spirit the character of Hashatan he was the one from the very beginning who sinned and when he was cast out of heaven he experienced rejection he had his judgment was eternal his judgment was unto condemnation so he never has an opportunity to repent so this rage and this anger that he feels is what we feel when we are rejected from something and when we don't deal with that rejection this is what causes us to remain in this perpetual state of sinning on whatever level it is whether you know we have this term small sin big sin before the presence of the most high sin is sin so when rejection is at the root of who we are and it's not the word of elohim then we live in this perpetual state of sinning this is where the enemy has the power to influence us to do things and we continue to experience the consequences of this sin over and over and over again. But by the blood of Yahushua Hamashiach, we have the opportunity to release this rejection to him. The, the, the scripture tells us to cast our cares upon him. Lay our burdens down upon at his feet and to take on his burden. For his burden is easy. His burden is light. And so when we're ready to let go of this rejection that produces anger, that produces frustration, that produces this rage, that produces this selfishness, then we can take on the Ruach, the character of YahuShua, or the character of the Most High, and we begin to walk in righteousness, we begin to walk in functionality. This is what true repentance is. When one has truly repented from the depths of them, then they take on the nature of righteousness. Now that does not mean that they won't make mistakes. But what that does mean is that the mistakes will decrease over time. They'll become so mature to the point that when they're tempted to do evil, their spirit man will rise up if it's not already risen. And it will defeat the desires, the unrighteous desires of the flesh. Because as long as we are in this fleshly body, we're going to be tempted to do things that goes against the will of the Most High. But when we receive the Ruach, HaKodesh, um, that feeds our spirit man, then we have the authority that has been given to us in Mashiach to cast down every vain thought and imagination. the authority to bring everything under the subjection of the word of, of the most high and so let's let's you know i get so excited when i'm talking about the word of the father i get excited when i'm reading the book because it's it's been such a blessing to me and i'm not going to give y'all the testimony all over again if you want to know the testimony you can go back and look at some of the other videos So from this point moving forward, one continues to fall because of their desires, which is coming from an ungodly appetite, whether it is via television, movies, social media, music, trends, activities, and decisions. When a person has an appetite for sin, sin tastes good, feels good, and looks good, even unto death. So this is what I was talking about earlier when I was saying a person will continue to sin Until there are consequences, as long as there's nothing that's um hindering them from doing what the flesh wants to do, this appetite of sin, then they're gonna continue to do it. It's not until some somebody, whether they experience a financial hardship they experience a health crisis they experience some type of loss like a you know death in the family or something like that where it brings them to a place where hey i need to check myself and even at that point some people still don't turn and so it is to those who are believers of the way in hamashiach to repent to repent to repent this is why we are called into repentance because YAH did not ordain death, hell, and the grave for us. They are there. They are the result of one who does not repent. But they were not we weren't ordained for it. Life and life more abundantly was what he created us to experience in Yahusha. For in 1 John 3 and 8, anyone who keeps on sinning belongs to Hashatan. So they're not gonna repent. They, they they may say, Oh, forgive me, but as we discussed earlier on in this video, there's a process, there's a result. You you see the fruit of repentance when someone has truly repented. Now, godly repentance leads to salvation, freedom. It it basically frees us from the burden of rejection, it frees us from the burden of. Of our sin which is the bridge to freedom and liberty so when we repent we walk into freedom and liberty and you when one has truly um, repented there is no sting when they remember what they have done or when they see the person who has done something to them or the one they have done something to they remember the testimony of Mashiach and what he has done for them. Their heart is free from all inner turmoil, turmoil, guilt, and shame. When and if you are still experiencing these, you are not yet free. So when you're going through this space of repentance and you're asking for forgiveness or you're extending forgiveness to someone But there's still turmoil there. There's still some level of guilt there. There's still some level of shame there. Then I suggest that you stay at the feet of Yahusha HaMashiach. I suggest that you stay in prayer. I suggest that you stay in the meditation of the scriptures until this feeling is gone. Because when something is sown within you. Rejection is a ruach that is sown within you. And it's going to take um a spiritual transformation for this thing to be plucked up, rooted out and and utterly destroyed. And if you rush the process, um then you can be left with some form of roots being still attached. And as long as there is a little piece of root there, and there is a situation that will come up that will water that root, you're Mm -hmm. gonna begin to experience this turmoil, this guilt, and this shame. If you ever have to speak on what happened, it is usually as a testimony to help the next person get free from what's keeping them captive so if you've repented of a thing you've moved on you've asked for forgiveness or you've received forgiveness and you need to speak on this matter is usually in the context of helping someone else you're not speaking on the matter to to keep um, rehearsing it over and over in your mind but you're speaking on it as a tool to use to help set someone else free a lifestyle of repentance keep you looking at Mashiach and being reminded of what he has done for humanity. It produces compassion, patience, shalom, and a greater level of love towards other, others. Shaul states in 2 Corinthians 7, 10 through 11, for godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret. How many times have you been in a situation or you've repented of something or you've asked forgiveness of something but that regret is still in there it still eats at you when you go to bed at night or when you wake up in the morning if fl- that means you have not endured through the full process and you want to make sure the process is finished as we just mentioned earlier you're you will know when the process has finished when there is no more steam If the sting is still there, if you're still a little irritated, then that means you haven't finished the process. Um, It says in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 11, it says, whereas worldly grief produces death. So like I said, this is somebody who who says, I'm sorry, or somebody who acts for forgiveness but it's, it's contingent upon them being released from the consequences of their actions, not because they're truly sorry for what they have done. And when they are in that state, they are, they're experiencing death. They're experiencing a perishing away. It may not all happen in one day, but that guilt and that shame and that turmoil that is within kills them on a daily basis. And over time, you will see them dwindle away. For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves. So when one is truly repented, they've asked for forgiveness, there is a burden. You know, when the father grants this, not even, well, yeah, grants this forgiveness because forgiveness, um, Is received. It's not something that we can work for. The work has already been done, fulfilled, completed, matured, and Mashiach. And so when we come to the Father, what we're doing is acknowledging the error of our ways and we're accepting, we're embracing this forgiveness through this repentance. And the work that we do is maintaining this repentance in the book it talks about the picture of forgiveness is one who was going in one direction, which is the wrong direction. And they say, I'm ready to repent. They make a U-turn and they go in the opposite direction. And in the case of those who are believers of the way, we're pressing towards the tent of Yahuwah. Whereas before we were pressing towards our own tents, we were pressing towards the world tents, we were pressing towards Hashatan's tent, but when we repent and receive salvation, we're pressing towards the tent of the Most High Yeah. Scriptures tell us that um, I think it was Mashiach who said that I and my father will come and abide with you. So we're abiding in his presence. We're abiding. So for those of us who truly, truly desire to repent, we truly desire to walk in the righteousness of yahushua hamashiach we truly desire to dwell in the house of the most high as as confess confessed in his song that um he wanted to dwell in the house of the most high forever there is something that we must do once we receive this gift of salvation this gift of liberty it is our job our work To follow in the footsteps of Yahusha by keeping the laws, statutes and commandments of the Most High YAH and abiding according to his Ruach HaKodesh. True repentance is a change of direction. And I do this all the time. I get so excited and I begin to speak because I've read this book several times and a lot of the information is just within me. So sometimes when I'm doing these videos, it kind of just goes out before I get the opportunity to read. So hallelujah. That means I am digesting the work of my hand, the work of Yahuwah's hand through me. The path that you were on, that you were once taken, which was leading you to death, is completely destroyed and you are put on the right path that leads to everlasting life. So when that weight of all of the error of your ways has been lifted off of you, that path is completely destroyed. That means you come alive to to everlasting life. And you're tracking that track down until you get there, until you receive the crown of life. This is what true repentance looks like. You've gotten off that path that leads to death. You're not trying to figure out who's still there. You're not trying to figure out what's what's the highlight, what's going on over there while you're doing the righteous thing. You don't even look in that direction anymore. You're only concerned about what's in front of you when you're pressing towards the tent of yahuwah this type of repentance does not always happen in an assembly or in the presence of believers but it happens in your heart when you come to the end of yourself and you let go sometimes it's an awakening that happens when a person is like you know what i'm tired i'm ready to give this up i'm ready to do right whereas other people who have been predestined to do the will of the most high who are tracking down on the wrong track he will cause something to happen to cause them to sit down and to acknowledge where they are and to repent he gives them the opportunity so some of us just mature to that place and then others have to be stopped like we see Shaul he thought he was doing what was right by um, condemning the, the, the scriptures say Christians or believers but then he was struck down and he was visited by the presence of Yahushua Hamashiach and then he was put on the path that he was supposed to be on so it kind of just depends the will that the Father has for a person's life and the decisions that they're making of how your process may go. Some people get it in the assembly. You know, some people go to the assembly Shabbat after the Shabbat and they sit under the tutelage of the Moray and they hear the scriptures and then they just come to this place where they mature and they say, you know what, I'm ready for this. So it just depends. This is when the presence of Yah comes and it takes full control. His presence does not, His presence does the removal of filth. And this is what forgiveness is. The scripture says that He will remove our sin um, as far as the east is from the west. He will remove it. That means He's going to cast it into the lake of forgetfulness and we're going to start on a clean slate. This is what yahuwah does when his presence comes upon us he washes us he restores us and he fills us with himself this is what redemption is so just like a Esha, she's in her father's house she's doing the work in her father's house and then a man comes to take her he covers her he washes her and she's filled with his desire and i want to make sure i'm saying this properly because i don't want to confuse anybody when a man comes to take possession of his isha from his from her father's house she's now under the tutelage of this man so he fills her with the laws and commandments of his house if you if you will Now, a righteous man, these laws and commandments for his house will fall in line with the law statutes, and commandments of the Most High. So he's leading a righteous home. But he's going to indoctrinate her with how he wants his household to be ran. Now, when she was working in her father's house, her father trained her according to what he needed for his house. But now that she's come under the control, under the tutelage, under the provision of her husband. Now, she has to learn the way. Some may feel like, oh my gosh, I got to learn this all over. No. What happens is how you were trained in your father's house prepares you for how you will function as far as discipline taking orders and how you operate in your husband's house but you still have to learn the ways of his house now if your father was a righteous man and your husband is a righteous man then it shouldn't be a whole lot of transitioning but you would just have to learn because now you're functioning in a different role in your father's house you was a daughter in your husband's house you're a wife so there is a, a a transition between those two households, but ultimately, the training that you receive in your father's house should carry over to how you function in your husband's house. And so, this is what Yahuwah does, he changes our um, function. When we were serving sin, when we were ser- serving our flesh, when we were serving Hashatan, there was certain things that we followed and we were allotted to do but then when we transition over into the house of Yahuwah when we repent and we come under the tutelage of Yahusha Hamashiach then we have to learn the way of his house and that's what Yahusha came to teach us the way of his father's house he said I am the way the truth and the light no man comes to the father but by me so in order to dwell at the end of this age, in the kingdom age, in order for us to dwell in that house that Yahuwah has made, not made by man, we must now um, bring ourselves under the subjection of Yahusha and to learn the way of his father house. He's preparing us to enter into our husband's house. I hope you catch that. This is the picture of the gift of healing in a nutshell. Um, If one is still going backwards, so you're still experiencing the things that you were experiencing um, before you quote unquote said you repented, then you haven't truly repented. You've either not gone through the process started it or stopped or you started it and you were getting through it and then some kind of way you stopped short of the completion. So don't beat yourself down. It's okay. Just pick up where you were and complete the process. So I was just reading some of the notes that I have here in the book and it was a note that I jot down. Um, and I believe it was more so for myself because this is something that I struggled with really, really, really bad. Was I would say to people, you know what, in the moment, because I didn't want the person to feel sad or I didn't want um, just I just I was a people pleaser so someone would do something to me and immediately i would just say oh you know i forgive you you know i forgive you and then i would walk away from the situation still feeling some kind of way but i wouldn't let them know that but i would feel some kind of way and then when i would go around them um you know days later or a time later that sting would still be there but then i would have to cover that up and you know pretend that everything is okay and you know, talk to them, but all along I was still feeling that and the father had to show me that's error. And so I wrote this note, we have to repent for not truly forgiving someone. And then I wrote what is biblical forgiveness? And it means to take away the burden. So you're taking the burden off of yourself and you're taking the burden off of the other person, depending on how the situation went. If you were the one that were, you know, doing, and I think it's really both parties because when you do something to somebody, then there is a burden on that person, and you are the one that have to lift it off. And as well as you, when you think about what you've done to somebody and it hurts you because you know that it hurt them, then it's a burden on you. And so when you go through the process of repentance and forgiveness, you lift the burden off yourself as well as. Lifting the burden off the other person by apologizing for what you what you did and being sincere about it repenting and so um, Other words that that go hand-in-hand with forgiveness is pardoning pardon one um, Covering one atoning for one lifting up Forgiveness has to be selfless and it is a work The work that we do in forgiveness is the burden part. It's the acknowledging and the confessing and asking for forgiveness. And then the work that has to be done within is the work of of one surrendering, how the experience made them feel or the, the damage that the words behind the experience has caused. That is the part that we must be selfless in because The flesh, the natural flesh, desires to hold on to these things. The flesh desires to hold on, to continue to experience the experience all over again, to recall, to action in in the mind, how it made you feel, what the person said, how their face was looking when they said it, and how they, you know, whatever. You recall the experience over and over and over again. And when you do this, You're strengthening self versus denying self to say that it is the desire of the Father, the Most High YAH, for me to be free. That's the word. But when rejection comes in because of offense, because of the experience, then the person naturally wants to hold on to that. It's easier to hold on to pain than to let it go and be free. And so this is why I said forgiveness has to be selfless. It has to. It's it's not about us. It's not. And I'm not saying that it's an easy thing to do. But I'm saying that once you do it, you'll be able to truly experience the freedom that has been given to us in Yahusha HaMashiach. After this step is solidified and you are justified in Mashiach. Then comes recovery. So someone has done something to you or you have done something to somebody else. Y'all squash it out, y'all hash it out. Repentance has taken place. Forgiveness has taken place. Now it's time to build. If you don't truly, you or the other person, when I say you, don't truly forgive the person and you move into the phase of rebuilding, every time you think a brick, has been laid and it's perfect and you're ready to stack 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 guess what happened it crumbles because somewhere in the foundation that unforgiveness is still there and so you're trying to work on building you're like oh let me lay let me stack and then just when you've gotten a nice wall up the wind blows and it's crumbled and that's because somewhere in someone There is still some unforgiveness there. Here is a note. In becoming a mature follower of of Yahusha Hamashiach, I began learning the language of the ancient Hebrew, and oh boy, was my eyes open. The language is unique and vast. The pictures literally tell a story written so beautifully as you can already see in some of the previous chapters we reviewed some words let's jump back in so that was just kind of like a side note for the reader of the book and now towards the end of this video we're not going to go into how we break down this word teshuva with the the root word Shu for this chapter so teshuva is the hebrew word for repentance And in this chapter, we will only look at the root word of this word, which is shu. It is the Hebrew letter shen bet. It is the Hebrew strong 7725, meaning to turn back or return. The first letter is a picture of two teeth, two front teeth, representing pressing. The second letter is a picture of a house or a tent. Combined, these letters mean press to the tent or press towards the tent. And so that was something that I kind of discussed while we were having this chapter discussion, that teshuba or Shu means to press towards the tent. Um, and I kind of wrote some notes as I was writing. For those who study the language and maybe looking into the beginning studying the language, um, someone may ask, how does shin represent pressing? And it, it it said the two front teeth. So what do we do with our teeth? When we put food in our mouth, we use them to press down and to chew. We use them to press down and to chew our food. So I wrote a little note in order for us to use our teeth, we must consume something. We must consume something. So in the faith, we are consuming the word of Yahuwah. In doing this, we enter into the presence of Yahuwah, which is his bed. In entering, one must first pass through the door. That door is Yahusha HaMashiach. So that was just a note that I had written down. this little breakdown of the word shub and to kind of give us an overall picture of what's happening so when we repent we change directions we start pressing towards the tent of yahuwah and when we finally reach his tent that's the process that we go through in repentance and forgiveness when we finally get there um yahusha is there he's been there walking with us through the process but he's the door that we must enter In order to go into the presence of Yahuwah. And so what he does in this process of repentance and forgiveness is he's prepping us. He's doing all of the footwork. Teaching us. Breaking us down. Getting rid of things that he knows the father's like, no, you're not going to be able to enter his presence with that. You got to get rid of this. You got to throw that away. You got to change that. You You can't do that. These are things that he don't like. And so when we get in his presence, he can truly receive us. Um, The scripture, I don't recall the the exact scripture off the top of my head where it is, but it's a scripture that says um, that we are made meat for the master's use. So this is what Yahushua does. When he handpicked his disciples and he pulled them in, he prepared them and made them ready for the master's use. He made them meet for the master's use. And so it is so very important to go through the process. And this is a process that one has between themselves and the most high. And then there is another level of repentance, like when we do something to someone that we must go through so that we can restore the shalom. We have to restore the shalom between us and the father for our life and then there are things that happen between brother and sister husband and wife and whoever that um have to be repaired and so our example is 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 our relationship between us and the father and if we can do this then we can truly understand how to function between and so the next scripture that was written um, in this chapter is Acts 3, 19 and 20. It says, repent then and turn back so that your sins may be wiped away, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of Yahuwah and that he may send Hamashiach or Hamashiach who has been appointed for you. So when you start this process and you're like, I, I want to live right, I want to do right, then he can send his son because remember the works of yahusha has already been done it's already been received it's already been activated he's waiting for us and so the moment we decide that i'm ready to do this thing he sends the comforter this is the gift that comes and begin to train us and lead us this is the ruach the the the, the spirit of Yahusha hamashiach that comes and it prepares us and as we go through and you know get ourselves all ready um and we go into the presence of of yahuwah we're ready to receive his refresh refreshing it's like in the uh biblical days where a woman prepared herself she adorned herself To go in the presence of the king she couldn't just go in any kind of way she had to be appointed a time to do so and this is what made esther um a notable woman in the bible is that she risked her life now she did prepare and do everything that she needed to do before she went there but she risked her life to do so because this was a custom that A woman could not just go into the presence of the king. She had to be sent for or called forth for. And so this is the beauty that we receive when um, we're ready. We cry out, we call out to the king and we say, I'm ready. And then he sends forth his son. He sends forth his Ruach, HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit to come and to prepare us and equip us. Because after we meet with him, he's going to send us out to do some things. But he can't send us out broken. He can't send us out with unforgiveness in us. He can't send us out doing all these different things. Because we'll start off strong. But somewhere in our foundation, because there is a crack, there is a leak, there is a busted pipe, something wrong down there. Eventually, we're going to fade. We're going to fall. We're going to give up. We're going to give in. So we have to truly be built up and made ready for the master's use. The scriptures tell us that the tent we should be pressing towards is the tent of Yahuwah. And we kind of talked about that already. So I won't go into much details, but you know, we're pressing towards Yahuwah. In Yahuwah's tent is where we find our protection, our provision, and our shalom. So no matter what is going on outside, we know that once we get in the tent of Yahuwah, we will be protected, we will be provided for, and we will be able to rest knowing that he is our strong tower. So this is the beauty. This is what makes going through the process of repentance so valuable because we know after we have endured for a while he's going to exalt us in the repentance process we're brought low and i'm going to spend a few moments to kind of just touch on what it means to be humble or what it means to walk in humility one who has been humbled they're brought extremely low it is the picture of a seed falling into the ground and we know that when the seed falls into the ground it's going in a dark place it's going in a lonely place usually when you're planting seeds you don't just pour a whole bunch of seeds into one little spot that you dug but you kind of spread them out so it gives each seed room to grow and to blossom if you pile them all in one spot it, it can be you know, a bad not a bad thing, but you'll have to end up doing some work on the back end. So the seed falls into a dark place. It is alone. But guess what's happening? The soil around it is being watered. It's being nurtured. And next thing you know, it starts to grow down. It grows down first. All of the roots grow down to make sure that the seed is firmly planted in the soil that's gonna nourish it when it grows up. And so as the tree or the, the seed begins to grow, 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 and it becomes a flower or it becomes a tree or a bush or whatever, it is as strong as its roots are. And it knows that it's, it's humble to say that I'm not up here standing by myself. I have something that's keeping me rooted and grounded. And I owe the reverence to that because if it is plucked up, guess what happens? I lose my nourishment. I lose my stability. And the fact that I'm standing tall, I won't be able to stand anymore. I'm gonna fall. And so this is the picture of of something that is humble or someone who is walking in humility. They have an understanding of their source The source of their foundation. And so when we go through this repentance, it produces a humility in us. We know that when we finally get into the tent of of Yahuwah, we've endured this process, we've suffered, we've gone through. We have been made strong. We will be exalted in the time that Yahuwah deems. The process has reached its full potential, it's become complete, it's filled, it's whole, and now it's ready to produce. A tree doesn't begin producing when it's a seed. It doesn't begin to produce while it's growing. It doesn't even begin to produce as soon as it buds. There is a process that the tree or the flower has to go through, and when it has reached the, 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 the maturity of just the growing process, then you begin to see the fruit begin to, you know, bud out or stand out or grow. And so this is what we have to do. Even when we get to that phase, it's still another process. We have to wait till the fruit is totally mature and ready to be plucked. And at that point, then the master sends us out. He begins to use us where people can come and eat the fruit of our tree And we won't feel like someone is taking from us. But we're ready to serve. We're ready to give because of our source. Our source is going to cause us to continue to produce fruit after fruit after fruit. So it doesn't matter how many people come and pluck from this tree. You're strong. You have stability. You're protected. You're provided for. The sun shines upon you. The word waters you. you're always producing fruit this is why repentance is so important because of what it produces in the end the process isn't pretty but the end is 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 words can't even describe how beautiful it is in the end so i encourage those of you if you started the process quit or if you started the process got halfway through got frustrated you're still in the process you're worried about when it's going to end when is it going to be over i encourage you to keep going keep going keep going because the fruit is worthy it's it's, it's worthy and i think that's what we read uh in that scripture in second corinthians it says um, foresee what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you. There's something that's gonna happen when we stick to the course. Hallelujah. True repentance is a call to cry out and to make known our sins, that we can acknowledge them, confess them, and turn from them. This is what we already discussed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Torah Rabba Yahuwah. Healing is not springing forth in our lives because we have a watered down version of what repentance is. And this is something that we talked about earlier on in this video. When our repentance has not reached its maturity and we stop halfway or in the beginning of the process, we find ourselves starting over, starting over because we're still sinning. We're still doing things halfway or incomplete and so we find ourselves back at phase 1 of acknowledge confessing um and turning we never reach the part where we begin to bear fruit we stop in that process but the goal is to work it all the way through in jeremiah um it says the people draw nigh to me with their lips but their hearts is far from me When Dawood asks for forgiveness, he asks for the father to give him a clean heart so that he doesn't go on sinning. This is a part of repentance. The goal is for us to stop sinning. So we may start off as a habitual sinner. But the more we mature and follow and learn the ways of Yahuwah, make it into his tent. The goal is to ultimately stop sinning. Once again, does that mean you won't be tempted? No, we're gonna be tempted till we leave these fleshly bodies. But the goal is to stop sinning. People will say, "Um, it's too hard, you can't do it. You know, we all sin and fall short. Those are excuses. If you want to stop and you believe that Yahushua has the power and authority to help you stop, then you can stop. The scripture says that we can do all things through Yahushua Hamashiach who strengthens us. It says that he came to destroy the works of Hashatan. So not only what Hashatan was doing in the world... But also the works of Hashaton within us. Yahusha's blood has the authority and the, the power to stop, to destroy the works of Satan within us. We just have to receive it. We just have to believe it. And we just have to humble ourselves and allow that work to be done within us. This is This is where I said it's selfless. You have to come to the end of self. No more pleasing the flesh. Shut the flesh. Shaul said in his teachings, he had to beat his flesh into subjection. Our flesh will never come to the point that it has had enough. Our flesh has a animalistic type nature, meaning, when it wants something, it wants it and it's going to do whatever it takes to get it. But this is why we, through our spirit, man, through hearing the word of Elohim, beat our flesh into subjection, endure, go through the process, whatever we have to feel, we have to feel it and we have to go through any ways. When fear arise, when doubt arise, when people begin to say things and persecute you because you don't walk the way that you used to way, walk, you don't talk the way that you used to talk, you may not look the way that you used to look, you may get fatter, you may be, get skinnier, you may get brighter, you may get darker, you may lose your hair, you may, whatever may happen because the scripture says if your if your hand, right hand, left hand calls you to sin, cut it off. If your feet calls you to sin, cut it out. If your eye calls you to sin, pluck it out it is better for us to walk into the kingdom missing some stuff that was causing us to sin than to miss going into the kingdom and have everything still attached to us that was causing us to sin and so i pray that through this book discussion someone hears the word of elohim and it causes their faith to increase and they begin to start this process or if you're already in the process that you be strengthened because maybe you're in a part where you just want to give up or it's too hard but i pray that through this video you will be strengthened you will be encouraged to continue i am still continuing in the process i won't share where i believe i am but i'm encouraged i'm encouraged i'm so encouraged and i pray that you be encouraged i love this scripture because it shows where we stand with yahuwah from his view and so it's easy for us to say i'm sorry i love you or whatever but until we show it in our actions until we change direction and press towards his tent and he can see us working through the process. He can see us changing and giving up and letting go of things. Then that's when he knows that you are truly sorry. That's when he knows that you've truly repented, when he can see the change in your direct the, the change in your behavior. Away from lawlessness back to Yah. That is very, very, very big. A very, very big topic that needs to be discussed because a lot of us don't know what sin is. We just think it's doing something bad. But the scriptures clearly state that sin is lawlessness. That means you have to understand what law is for you to understand what lawlessness is. That means there is a law that has been written. Somebody's not following it, thus causing them to commit sin. When we are ready to walk in the law, statutes and commandments of the Most High, via his Ruach HaKodesh, then Yahuwah can see us changing directions. He can see that we're not just speaking to him by our mouth, but we're actually making a conscious. Effort and a conscious decision to walk upright before Him. Even if we stop doing a specific acts of sin, but there is no heart transformation, the sin is just lying dormant within us until the perfect scenario has presented itself. We spoke about this, so I'm gonna just keep going on. We can't see it lingering around, but guess who can? Y'all sees it we can tell we can yell out in prayer quote daily declarations call on his name throw ourselves down speak in tongues but none of this matter if we have a heart defect and we talked about this earlier on in the video that guilt and that shame that turmoil all of that stuff is still in there the anger the rejection all of that is in there so that's the heart defect but we cover that up with whatever and then we try to say with our mouth oh yeah i love you oh yeah i forgive you oh i respect you oh whatever we say but guess what that ugly stuff that's there it's gonna pop its head out it's guaranteed to pop its head out the devil will only be quiet for so long he'll lay dormant for so long so he'll let you look like you are making progress but until you utterly destroy it and get rid of it, it's going to pop up. It's going to pop right back up. Stopping is just the start of transforming. It's just the start. Transforming is the work that must be done in us. So that was something that I quoted on the side. Stopping is the beginning. It's the start. So when we stop doing something, it's the moment to break and say, let me check myself let me examine myself surgery must take place this is the only way that we're gonna come to be the fruit bearing trees that the most high has called us to be we must go through the process surgery is a process i just had both of my hips replaced so i know the process there's the pre-prep and then there's the preparation and then there's the preparation for the surgery day and then it's the surgery and then it's the recovery and then it's the healing and then it's the healing of the recovery it's a process nothing happens like this and this is why we can't just go to the most high and say yeah oh yeah I'm sorry he's like okay let me see some action let me see you two days from now still carrying out the same weight of of this, I'm sorry. It's a process. We have to put in the work. These actions can be what leads us on the table of open heart surgery. But if we don't do these things, wait, but if we do these things with no intent to change them, they are just some Shabbat morning feel goods. And that is making reference if we pray, if we fast, if we sing, if we pray, call on Yahuwah, but there is no change within us. They are just moments of a burst of feel goods like how we feel good on the Shabbat when we get to rest in his presence, we get to spend time with our family, we may sing our favorite Shabbat songs, we may enjoy our Shabbat dinners, we may read our favorite family Shabbat readings and just feel also joy with the Mishpachah. But after all that is over, we go back, to the chaos and so we don't want to live like that we want to live upright this scripture says in james 5 and 16 the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avail of much so this is what we're trying to get to once we have entered in the door and we're walking in the righteousness of yahushua hamashiach our prayers avail of much in Proverbs 28 and 9, he that turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. In John 9 and 31. Now we know that Allahim heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of Allahim and does his will, he he him heareth. So that means one who have stopped what they're doing. They've made a conscious decision to turn to seek Allahim, and they're walking in his way. Those they can pray and whatsoever they ask for. In the name of Yerusha Hamashiach, according to the Father's will, they will receive. But those who are just walking in their own way, walking in unrighteousness, and they think, Oh, I'ma just pray and I'ma just ask the Father to forgive me right now, but Next week, Friday, you know, I'm going to be doing the same thing and I'm going to just pray again. No, it doesn't work like that. The scripture says, he heareth not the sinner. 1 Peter 3 and, 5, 3 and 12, it says, For the eyes of Yahuwah are over the righteous, and the ears, and his ears are open unto the, their prayers. But the face of Yahuwah is against them that do evil. So these are they that worketh in iniquity. They abide in wickedness. They have not acknowledged anything, even though out of their mouth, like we said, they may say, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, please forgive me. But in their heart, it's full of wickedness. It's full of evil. They know the minute that that person turns their back, they're going to be like, child, please, she better da 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 you know, whatever. There's no sincerity No man comes to the Father but by the door. That door is Yahushua HaMashiach. When we come to Him, the light exposes our sin, thus giving us the opportunity to repent. Because remember, a lot of times, I'm going to just speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for nobody else. When I came to the truth... (laughs) I thought I had it all together because I came to the truth in the midst of being in Christianity so I was quote-unquote serving in the church I was doing sermons for the youth and the women's night and I was praise dancing and I was speaking over people and now don't get me wrong the Most High Yah will use who he used to get his word across so there are people who are doing things, but that does not necessarily mean they have been made complete in Yahusha HaMashiach. So when I came to the Most High YAH, I didn't even know that I was in a process. I just knew that I wanted more. I knew it was more than just to go to church. And if you want to hear the testimony, you have to go back and watch some of my other videos. But I thought I had it together from just being in the a Christian perspective. But when the light shined on my darkness oh baby (laughs) i was a broke down sister i'm talking about like under the table crying i'm talking about can't get up off the floor snotting, crying like oh my gosh that's me and a lot of stuff i did not want to acknowledge i did not want to accept because i could not see myself in that light and if anybody would have told me to identify those things i would have told them they're lying By the time the Most High finished with your sister, Liari I can believe it. Even up to this very year, well, according to the Gregorian calendar, not to, well, yeah, to this year, I could say he's still revealing things. He's, he's still shining the light on things. And the more I accept them, and the more I yield gives me the opportunity to keep repenting, to keep pressing towards his tent. It is only when we don't accept it, when we say, no, don't shine the light on that. I don't want nobody to know about that. You know, I'll get rid of all of these things, but I don't want anybody to, Oh, no, you can't see that. You're not supposed to know about that. But the scripture tells us that Yahuwah sees all and knows all. And so if you want to be in his house, if you want to dwell and abide in his house, then you have to let him utterly destroy you and break you until there's no more you. When you begin to bear fruit, the only thing that people will see is Yahusha HaMashiach. The only thing that people will be able to say is that Yahuwah is good. The only thing that people will be able to say according to the scriptures is that let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and esteem your heavenly father. So when we have our maturity has our, our repentance have reached its full maturity. We will begin to see people esteem Yahuwah for the work that we have done. They are not going to bow down at our feet and praise us and esteem us. There is a level of honor that comes with good works, but don't get it twisted with esteem. All esteem belongs to Yahuwah, the Most High YAH, the alua the L of L, the master of masters, the king of kings. All of it belongs to him. And this is when we will know that we have fully reached, that our repentance has reached its, its maturity. We've reached the stature of Mashiach because the stature of Mashiach, when we saw him, all esteem, everything that he did, everything that he said, he gave esteem to his heavenly father. He was just a vessel in which the Most High was able to function. He is our example. He is the one that teaches what is pleasing and pleasant and acceptable unto Yahuwah. He knows because he walked it out and he was received. It says that the Father was pleased. And so in order for us to receive that same level of of acceptance, we have to do what our king did. We have to follow in the way. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to let his light shine on every crack and crevices of our being. Because of the blood of the lamb, our repentance is accepted and we are forgiven like is is we can't do this by ourselves like nobody can be like oh i'm gonna go off to the side and you know do my thing i'm gonna repent over him and do my stuff and when i deem that i'm ready like i'm good i got it all together then i'm gonna go to the father the book says no man comes to the father but by the son and the son is light so he gonna shine his light from head to toe he gonna make sure you and him and whoever needs to know what was done um, has been dealt with. You're not gonna slip anything past him. And the scripture says that any man that cometh to the father by another way, other than the door, he's considered a thief and a robber. So he's not getting in. So we can't escape this. If we truly wanna reach. We can't escape this. If we truly want to reap the benefits of the kingdom of Elohim, we must endure the process. We must fight the good fight of faith. We must endure to the end. We must work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's the only way that we're going to get to the end result. Through the blood of Yahushua HaMashiach, we are allowed to draw near to the father we cannot come to yahuwah in any shape or form if there is sin present in our life this sin must be lifted it must be removed it must be pardoned and this is why it is so important for us to know Yahusha hamashiach to build with Yahusha hamashiach to follow Yahusha hamashiach to listen to his teachings to get understanding from his teachings and to ask him to help us to walk in the way. There's no other way. Even for our brothers and sisters in this faith that have have thrown Yahushua away, I pray that they repent and come. For the more we draw nigh to Yahuwah in uncleanliness, the more his set-apartness consumes us, it destroys us. The script says in Matthew 21, 44, it says that to whom falls upon this stone is broken, but to the one that this stone falls upon is utterly crushed. Like you're destroyed. You're dismantled. You're done away with. You're rubbed away till you just off the face of the earth. And so we want to try our best. And our best is is, is only through Hamashiach. We don't have a best outside of Hamashiach. Um, When we draw nigh to Yahuwah in uncleanliness, he burns us. He shuts us down. He destroys what we think that we have built just to show us, you can't do this without me. There is an order to how we must come before him and inquire of him. That order is his only begotten son the door. The scriptures say, and then I have some scriptures, entering into the presence of Yah. Um, you can read this on your own time. It's Leviticus, the 10th chapter, verse 2. Instead of partners, you can read Joshua, verse 3. In those scriptures, it talks about how the um, ten of appointment was established and how the order of them entering into the tabernacle to go into the holies of holies there was a process they could not come in there any kind of way or, or they would be destroyed his presence would consume them the door has always been from the beginning the door and the light are one function in the beginning he came as the light Yehusha HaMashiach. let there be light and light came to be is what is written in Genesis in the wilderness when the children of Yahshua all dwelled in booths he was at the door he was the door at the tent of appointment where Yah met with Moshe and the priest. we can see him all throughout scripture showing up here's the nugget Mashiach is the ruach of prophecy anytime a prophecy went forward out of the mouth of men the word says and the Ruach of Yahuwah came upon them, and said, "Prophesy unto them, men of Elohim. False prophets speak of their own will, not having the Ruach of Mashiach, and prophesy lies. Be careful, people of Elohim. Do not listen to anyone that tell you you can skip the process. All you got to do is this one, two, three check off. Nobody knows how long." One goes through a process. I follow a lot of, uh, you know, in church, you know, all of these different people that said that, you know, Yahweh was dealing with them and told them to do this and told them to do that. And they would give you these things, you know, drink this water for seven days or take this cloth for three days or put this in your bath water. You know, all these different things. And I have not found anything more effective than surrendering to the Ruach of the Father. The scripture says that the Ruach HaKodesh is a gift that Yahuwah sent. It is the bride price that has been paid to give to the bride in order to prepare her for entering into her husband's home. And it is the same thing that keeps her in her husband's home. I mean you know people did other things with the bride price but as it relates to what Yahuwah has done for the body of mashiach he's given us the ruach to help prepare us for his house and to prepare us and sustain us when we get in his house thus mankind began to sin and walk contrary to Yahuwah. so um there is one more page of this, this particular chapter. I'm going to skip um, past... Well, i read this. Once we acknowledge that we are in the wrong tent door, it is in our best interest that we seek out the tent of Yahuwah and to ask him to draw us unto himself. Only in his tent we can truly be who he has called us to be and to grow in ways we could never imagine. So if you declare that you are an Isha or an Asha of Yah and you are ready to see a change of direction in your life, let's all shoot, let's all press towards the tent. And watch the refreshing of Yah's presence overflow in our lives. Hear His call to you and answer it. Acknowledge what he is exposing to you. Confess that you were wrong in going down the path that leads to destruction. Repent and ask him to lead you in the path that leads to everlasting life and be saved my occulti. Are you ready to shoot? Are you ready to repent? That's a personal question that I encourage you to take a piece of paper And to write the question down. And as you are led to respond, respond truthfully. If you feel that you're at a place where you're not ready, I pray that you pray to ask Yahuwah to make you ready. Because we don't know the next minute, the next hour, the next day that we will be alive anything can happen at any given moment some may go to sleep and don't wake up tomorrow but if right now when you hear this message you you've read through this scripture with me and you haven't made a conscious decision that you're ready to repent but these words touched you and you say i don't know what it is why i'm not ready i'm i'm afraid i'm I'm in doubt. I I, I I fear how long the process is gonna take. I fear what's gonna come out. I fear what's gonna be exposed. Whatever it is that may be hindering you from saying, I'm ready to draw nigh to the Father. I pray that You be honest with yourself and you write all what if any of what I just said resonate with you. If any of those things are what's hindering you, I pray that you write it down on a piece of paper. And when you are finished writing, I pray that you pray. And I'm going to pray this evening before I go to bed that whatever it is that anybody has written down on their paper, that Yahuwah prepares their heart that he prepares their mind and that he makes them ready, not by force, but that he gives you the opportunity to repent. He gives you the opportunity to meet his son, that he gives you the opportunity to acknowledge the error of your ways, that he gives you the opportunity for the light of Yahushua Hamashiach to shine on your darkness and to expose all of your sins and that you are ready to truly acknowledge, to confess it, And to turn from it, that you may be brought, that you may be drawn near unto him, and that you will be able to experience his love, his salvation. I pray that this video um, is a barricade to you. I love doing these. It's just that life happens. And, you know, I get caught up and I don't have as much time to do these, but when I am led to do it and it's usually after I am having a moment where I stop and I decide to go back through the book and the father in that moment just gives me some juiciness um, and I write it and I'm like, you know what, this is just so good. I want to share with my ecotis or with anybody or the Akio that um, comes across my YouTube channel and they may have purchased the book and they kind of watch the book discussions alongside um, one of their readings. Um, it brings me joy to be able to do this because this book has truly helped me. It helps me every time I pick it up. And it is my prayer that everyone who picks it up and begin to read it, that they are Baruch in in some shape, form, or fashion, wherever you are in this journey, if you know nothing about submission, or if you think you have an idea about it, um, this book was written to reveal, to expose the true biblical understanding of submission, so that we can all walk upright as the bride of Yahuwah, um, as the bride of Yuhusha Mashiach, (laughs) and that in the end, when it's time to enter into his kingdom, that we are ready, that we are the bride without spot, wrinkle or blemish. And I don't believe anybody has all the pieces of the puzzle, but I pray that submission is her posture is one piece to the puzzle, that it is a tool that we can use in this awakening to um, aid us along the way of this, this process. It's, this whole thing is a process. So this is just one part of the process. Um, submission is just one part of the process. We have so many other things that we have to tackle. But I pray that this book helps, that it aids in our journey, and that it is a tool to raise up more righteous women, that it is a tool to have more righteous functioning home and that it is a tool to help in more righteous marriages that produces righteous communities. Thank you so much for watching this video and you all be Barut in the name of Yahusha, Shalom, Shalom.